Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences because adults want to learn too. Sometimes we cover sensitive material, so please take care of yourselves and listener discretion is advised. Now on to the show. friends and welcome to a spooky episode of Go Ask Alice, the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you wonderful factoids from our adventures in Wiki Wonderland. I'm Drew and I'm a ghost this week. With me <laughs> is... <laughs> I'm Lindsay and we are the weirdos, mister. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Sarah and I'd like to suck your blood. <laughs> that was, was that Dracula? Mm. It's mm. close enough. <laughs> close enough. Spooks and ghouls, you know how it goes by now. Every week we start on the same wiki page. This week we started on Halloween. Ooh, spooky. And throughout the week behind the scenes, we travel around the internet using hyperlinks from within the article until we come across something that is so fascinating so hypnotizing mesmerizing that we cannot stop reading it and we are absolutely entranced and must tell all of you i ended on pitchfork oh really no okay. not a very far dive but i love a good pitchfork Ooh. drew spook us i ended up on cooties oh oh <laughs> Drew has cooties, <laughs> but he's a ghost. A ghost, oh, ghost. I don't have, ghosts don't have cooties. Oh. <laughs> it's I... one of the perks. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you end up, Lindsay? I ended up on chivalry, which is not the same thing Ooh. as chivalry. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not. It's not a gentleman. It's a. So, something else. Far difference. Far spookier. Is it stabbing? Like could you've be. been shivved? Mm, it could have some stabbing. Oh, it's got a lot of everything. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> before we learn, we should have the question of the week, which I am in the dark about. This week, it's Lindsay's special surprise question. I asked the internet and received exactly 50-50. Whoa. I have two okay. options for you. You can only choose I'm, one. I'm trying to think of the polls that you've done recently on Twitter. Mm. All right, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Short sleeves and pants or shorts with long sleeves? What? <laughs> it's a crisp fall day outside. A little bit chilly. Do you leave the house wearing shorts and a long sleeve shirt? Or do you leave the house wearing pants and a short sleeve shirt? I would never wear shorts, so pants and a long sleeve shirt. No. That was not an option. (laughs) (laughs) I want both. (laughs) Give me both. I do pants and a short sleeve shirt. Mm. Yeah, my legs get cold. Drew? Oh, this is so, so easy. And especially interesting because i used to do this thing when i was younger where i would wear shorts until the first snow like it had to snow before i would change the pants so definitely long sleeve shirt and shorts well those knees are out there 
Spooky knees. Spooky knees. What would you do, Lindsay? Well, we're still at 50-50. The internet said 50-50 and you guys went both ways. I'm going to have to break the tie and I'm going to say long sleeves and shorts. I think it's so dang cute. Sorry, Sarah. (laughs) Sarah was about to celebrate. No, I don't like my arms being bare. They look cute on other people. But if I wore shorts, I would be like the village monster. (laughs) My legs are so white. They are so scarily white that it would blind people on the street. I wonder if that means that we should start with pitchforks if you're the village monster. You're the village monster. The village monster. We can start with pitchforks. Mine, actually, without saying too much, is extremely relevant to pitchforks. Sarah posted a picture in spoilers. Yeah. So I actually wonder if we should do Sarah Drew me. Okay. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, too. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready to get spooky and learn about the good old pitchfork? Sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) All righty. So everyone knows what a pitchfork is, right? You should. It's like a a good old stick with like a three or four pronged thing on the end. Um, So they have been used since the Middle Ages and they have been used all around Europe and have been traced back to the time where everybody was like kind of living off the land and you needed these things to aerate um, or maneuver around like loose materials. Um, um, And the wiki page nicely outlines that this could be manure, leaves or compost. So, you know, whatever you got. um, Yeah. So, you know, nice. Um, Now. If you're like me, you wanted to know what was the history of the mob and torches, like the mob with the torches and the pitchforks. (laughs) You know, that good old classic trope. Of course. I immediately think of the Simpsons movie with Spider Pig, Mm -hmm. the mob that comes to his house, pitchforks and torches. And I think it is so (laughs) good. (laughs) I went on, I went off-roading because I'm like, bloody hell. Like the article only had a little bit. I wanted more. So... We don't know exactly where this idea comes from. Um, So we have have some ideas. So in modern literature, at least, the first, like, mention of a mob with torches and pitchforks is from Frankenstein. So Frankenstein, 1931. The first written classic tale of a really angry mob. We've got the monster in the village and they needed to hunt down the monster. And the idea behind it would be that it's going to be really dark back in the day. So you don't have modern electricity. You need a torch, naturally. And... Uh, you need a weapon, and if you're tending to your land all of the time, the closest weapon you should probably have is a pitchfork, unless you're an American, and then it would probably be guns in the air, <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> Pretty sure Mary Shelley was British, so this makes more sense. Pitchforks. <laughs> so you grab your right. closest weapon, which could be a pitchfork, and you go on your hunt. What else are you going to grab? On, on your way out to hunt the village monster, the pitchfork's probably, like, the most menacing thing. A lead pipe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rip it from the side of your building. Yeah, like, they definitely don't have spares. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So the, the idea, though, of using a pitchfork for bad or for, you know, naughty tasks <laughs> might actually go all the way back to Christian demiology. Oh, my God. Ooh. Uh, Christian demiology is the study of demons from a Christian point of view. I love a good demon story, but very much in the Old Testament and back you know, over the last few thousand years, there was this idea of a Satan or an evil doer and that he could take many forms. And one of the most popular forms that the devil has taken is the classic little red guy <gasps> with a, a trident. With a pitchfork. With yeah. a pitchfork. Yeah. Pitch pitch and so this has been used in art all over the place and it's kind of this fun idea of, well, I don't know if, some people would think it's fun. I think it's fun. This idea of like, if you're up to no good or you're a bit of an evildoer, you might have your trident or your pitchfork. And so this is like, I posted a photo in spoilers where, you know, you might, it, it was like a head. Instead of a head on a stake, it was a head on a pitchfork. Mm-hmm. And it was meant mm-hmm. to make commentary to the fact that there was Satan or there was evil doing or whatever there was. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's not where my deep dive ends, though, because I was like, oh, that that was a very quick history. Frankenstein <laughs> and Christian demons, and I will definitely jump into demonology in another episode. But for this episode, I wanted to keep it light and fun, and I wanted to talk <laughs> about what modern crimes have been committed with pitchforks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what has the devil been up to lately? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. So you could imagine back in the day, back in the ye old days, when you had maybe a dispute with your neighbor and that was like your only weapon. Sure. You can imagine some crimes happening with pitchforks back in the ye old days. However, like modern day times, Kind of you, hard to find I was one. Like, yeah, hard to find one. And also, really, your weapon of choice? Like, why don't you just call the police? But that, I was mistaken because I have got many a story for you. Okay. Because I'm thinking, like, right now, if you pressed me, if you called me up and you were like, we're starting a mob right now, grab what you have. Sorry, I do not have a pitchfork handy. Yeah. What, well, what would you grab? What would be your handy mob item? A high heel shoe. No, yeah, stiletto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were going to say Kiki. Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> that would work once. <laughs> and then Kiki <laughs> would be gone. Uh, Drew? Oh, easy. I've got a metal bat. I'm done. Like, oh, like a trouble. baseball bat. Yeah, like a metal bat. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's more of a modern. Yeah. Mob, that's like a modern angry mob. The modern pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> Very modern mop of you, Drew. <laughs> oh, that's so chic. You've got a metal bat? Wow. I feel like the shoe is chic. <laughs> I feel like I'd make a sign. I would have like a, a protest sign. <laughs> you would simply express yourself. <laughs> yeah, it depends what we're mobbing about. <laughs> 
what, what, like, what are we mobbing about today? If there's a monster in the village, I would probably grab, I don't know, like a knife. I think that's probably the only <laughs> weapon class thing say, I have. I thought you were going to say if there was a monster in the town, you would just word your signs slightly differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, if it's a mob protesting, like, you know, human rights been taken away from us, then I would have a sign, I think. Words are weapons too. We've all got our our objects of choice. These people, though, went with the classic pitchfork. I'm just going to tell you a heap of fun news stories I found from around the globe. Mainly, I'm not going to lie, it's mainly Florida uh, <laughs> and a few <laughs> a few Australian stories. Why why is there an abundance of pitchforks in Florida? So. I can't answer the pitchfork thing, but I do know why there's so many Florida stories. And it's because they have open, I forget what the name is, but basically any booking is public knowledge immediately. So the media can see every booking that's coming in and the insane acts that people do and publish stories immediately. Whereas most other states, there's a few other states with it, but most other states is you don't know what has happened until a charge has been laid. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is why we get the goods from Florida. Also, the water. I'm just going to say it. There's something down there. Makes it a special place. Yeah. At this, we're starting out on a bang though. This is from South Carolina. This is not. This is not Florida. So it starts. The headline is stuck up with a pitchfork. Oh no! Here we go. <laughs> so, South Carolina police are looking for a man who chose a unique weapon to hold up a bank. A rusty pitchfork. <laughs> a bank. A, a bank. bank. Wow. How is that going to fit through the teller? window (laughs) 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 like like, this guy though he went all out so he wore a mask and sunglasses and i can't figure out this if this is like a covid mask or like a ski mask either way way, if it's a ski mask and sunglasses just like immaculate amazing so he walks in, he entered the Security Federal Bank, and he entered in mask sunglasses with a four-foot-long pitchfork <laughs> and started to threaten employees. Um, he was successful, and he took an undisclosed amount of money. Wow. Wow. Now, obviously, if you're going to try to get away, a pitchfork is going to slow you down if you're running. So he, he yeeted the pitchfork. He dropped the pitchfork when he ran through the wooded area to a golf coat uh, course behind the bank. Um, no, no customers were injured. Uh, but police say that the bloodhounds did track the, sp- uh, the suspect to a parking lot at a fast food joint. Okay. Um, there, apparently, according to CCTV, he got into a white van driven by a woman and got away. Wow. It ends with the line, the man is still unknown to authorities. Oh, my God. He really he got did away. it. He oh. got away. Holy shit. Wow. I think it was the sunglasses. Yeah. I think the pitchfork, it just shocked people. Yeah, that's it. Shocked him. Okay. Another one. This is just a one-liner. This is something I found uh, in a random Australian like media outlet. So there's a place here called Kalamana and the headline was just unique Kalamala stabbing. Um, so 
in Queensland. Apparently, a man has been charged with stabbing a teenager with his pitchfork during a heated argument. Oh, my That's God. Jeez. That's all that was reported. I would <laughs> love to know what the argument was about. Just, okay, so that just must have been nearby. <laughs> Done. One from Portland. Pitchfork-wielding man terrorized the Portland Water Bureau uh, with a pitchfork. And I don't know why he went to the Water Bureau, but he was very upset. So he faces felony charges because he ransacked the Portland Water Bureau building, allegedly, and threatened employees with a pitchfork on Friday afternoon. (laughs) When officers responded to the disturbance call, uh, they found this man repeatedly breaking windows with his pitchfork. Okay. Smashing down windows. He smashed a couple of windscreens on cars outside, um, and then he tried to run away. They got him, (laughs) canine unit got him, and they found the pitchfork stabbed into the ceiling. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Dramatic. (laughs) How did that get up there? (laughs) How did that get up there? Yeah. They walk in. What? (laughs) Wow. We have um, another stabbing. I mean, I feel like it is a stabbing instrument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Man arrested for stabbing his father with a pitchfork. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Just on hand? Let's stab dad. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, dad. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Dilbert Rawson, who was 68 years old, was stabbed with a pitchfork early Wednesday morning. His son, Jonathan, has been charged with the connection to the stabbing. Both men were taken to hospital, and Jonathan was charged with aggravated battery um, and booked into the county jail. They responded around 3 a.m. So 3 a.m. was like the witching hour. This kid gets out his pitchfork and stabs his dad again. I would love to know, like... What was it about? What was happening? Yeah, and like why did you no, have a pitchfork? There's no good... art. Like, there's... An, I don't know where that line is where it's like, oh, yeah, that warrants a pitchfork stabbing. Yeah. You said aggravated battery was his yeah. charge? Why not assault with a deadly weapon? I why not, a like, attempted a murder? Weapon. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's assault with a deadly weapon could be the same thing. Totally, you could totally die with a pitchfork, and I'm about to get yeah. to <gasps> get to one. Oh, yeah. For the next story, can I please get you guys to open that link? Oh, uh, actually, you don't even need to open it. Just look at the photo in business yeah. that popped up with that Whoa. link. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, okay. So this is this is our lady. Yikes! She looks happy Yikes. though. <laughs> she looks a little contented. <laughs> She does look happy. She's smiling in her mugshot. <laughs> she is. So highly intoxicated Florida woman arrested for stabbing a minivan with a pitchfork. <laughs> she looks um, highly intoxicated. She does, <laughs> she does intoxicated. look so intoxicated. Um, it gets so much better, though, because I'm like, oh, yeah, you stabbed a minivan. Um, but it's quite funny. Apparently, this woman... Uh, was arrested first, allegedly, again, allegedly, stabbing a minivan with a pitchfork. But this was after she was spotted trying to sell teddy bears out of her car in the back of a supermarket. Oh, God. So just... Oh, mm-hmm. a grey market, just, one could say. <laughs> a grey market. market. Who knows where she got the teddy bears from? Who's could be a black say? market. But, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it gets better, though. So apparently she got into a bit of a... 
a bit of a yelling match with somebody um, and the manager of the supermarket called the police and was like, there's a woman walking around with a black whip and a pitchfork <laughs> and she's wielding both of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> and there is footage. I will post the link to the footage into the spoilers chat for, wow. for anyone to watch later on. Wow. There's okay. footage of the police car pulling up and she's just standing there like, it's raining, so she's standing there with her pitchfork like Poseidon, oh and she's got the whip in her hand, oh whipping the ground. Wow. I'm intimidated. Yeah. The devil works harder. <laughs> so I thought I'd end my segment on just one more story, and this is from Down Under here in Australia. And it is man, 65 years old, fended off burglar with a pitchfork. (laughs) Pitchfork used for justice. This man is at home and all of a sudden he hears like this insane person banging on his door saying, I'm going to kill you. Oh my God. This person. Yeah. This person who was wielding like um, a dumbbell bar, like Mm. a metal pipe broke into his house with his girlfriend and was like, yeah, repeatedly yelling, I'm going to kill you. They started trashing his house. Um, So the house owner, absolute legend, grabbed a pitchfork from the back of his house as he heard them banging on the front door, ran outside to the shed, grabbed the bloody pitchfork, ran back inside. (sighs) They hid in their bedroom. As the intruders got to their bedroom and were literally trying to kill them, this man stabbed both intruders with the pitchfork, (gasps) like trying to fend fend them off. Yeah. And they, they went running. So they were injured and they went running. As they went running, they left a trail of blood from the victim's home all the way to their home, which was a couple doors down. <gasps> so the police were able to literally Scooby-Doo this shit, follow the blood <laughs> trail. Follow the blood trail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's also so scary that it was their fucking neighbor. Yeah, their neighbors. No idea why, what the dispute was about, but they found the neighbors with severe wounds to their arms. Um, and yeah, there we go. Wow. Literally just a trail wow. right to the culprit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't know what the moral of uh, my topic this week was. I mean, personally, I've learned that a pitchfork is far more multi-purpose, versatile than I ever thought it was. And that it can stick into all kinds of surfaces. You have ceilings, you have flesh, you have minivans. These are things far beyond the original uses of manure, compost. Exactly. We live in modern times with modern Modern times require modern solutions. Yeah. I think that's the moral of the story. This week, I ended up on the wiki page for cooties, which... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which we all know. I, well, I think we, I don't know if we all know what cooties are, but what I didn't know about cooties was how omnipresent it is because it's found in a ton of cultures throughout the world. Like I thought they were really? pretty omnipresent. They are fake, but it's, it's what's, is it what's like considered fear? child lore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because you don't want to get, you know, too close to the opposite sex because evil. You'll get cooties. Exactly. Yeah. 
having cooties, if you didn't know, is a fictitious childhood disease that is commonly represented in child lore. So child lore is basically folklore for children. Mm. And so I got a, a little bit onto that page. It's actually how I got onto this page of cooties was through folklore because Halloween has a ton of folklore and then I got into child lore and then I got into cooties. So that was kind of cool. Mm. That's, that's how I got here. Cooties as an idea is found throughout the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the Philippines, actually. So just Aww. to list a few countries. So it's found, it's like basically pretty much, I don't want to say throughout the world, but it's, it's, it kind of is throughout the world. Um, it's in both it's, hemispheres. It's as an idea. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. Yep. Um, and cooties is typically used as a quote unquote rejection term. Like, ew, you have cooties. That's, oh. that's how it's typically used. It's, yeah. that's considered a rejection term. Did you ever get told you had cooties when you were younger, Drew? <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into <laughs> my cooties. Situation. I feel like I was told I had cooties. Well, you're a girl. Girls have cooties. Yeah. <laughs> we'll unpack and that trauma it. later. Well, yeah, we Do will. You, where does the term cootie come from? Because is it like the cuties? Like you've got cooties because you're near cuties? I'm glad you asked because we'll get into that very soon. Okay. Okay. Cooties also, I don't know if you know this, is considered like an infection game, an infection tag game that's similar to humans versus zombies. I don't know if you've ever played that, but, you know, it's like humans versus zombies is one person's designated as a zombie, everyone else is humans, and then they chase, the zombie chases the humans around, and if you get tagged, you become a zombie, and then it spreads yeah. that way. So yeah. that's humans versus zombies, but it's kind of similar to that. It's a classic game, exactly. Um and then cooties themselves are also very similar to the British idea of the dreaded lurgy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Lin Lindsay. I've specific. heard of the lurgy. Why yeah, are the lurgy. Brits so fucking weird? Just say cooties. <laughs> um, we're all derived from the British. Yes. Us white folk, well, most of us. I feel like but, just the fact that also the Australian knows what that is means it's just super fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little weird. Mm, consensus. It is weird. <laughs> <laughs> consensus. Yeah, exactly. But very funny. Um, my family often used the dreaded lurgy. That was kind of a thing we referenced pretty often. Um, well, you're do you pretty know British. Where the dreaded lurgy comes from. Yeah, that's true. I well, don't know where it comes from. I've only heard of it in like British TV shows and things like that. You are exactly right. the The dreaded lurgy comes from the Goon Show, um, which ah. is where the term has come to represent a the common cold or any sort of like miscellaneous or like specific yeah. non-specific illness Sickness. that you have. Yeah, like, oh, I've got the dreaded lurgy. I've got the lurgy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you guys sound ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and another very, very interesting fact is that the term cooties has parallels in both Nordic countries, Italy, Ira uh, India, and Iraq. All of those countries all have um, references to cooties in, in different ways, but they all have like words yeah. for cooties. Do you have any examples? Don't worry. You're going to hear me pronounce words that I have no idea how to pronounce. Just wait. A child is said to have caught the cooties uh, through close contact with an, a quote-unquote infected person or from a child of the opposite sex of similar age. So the cooties that I specifically remember uh, from my younger years were more directed towards the opposite sex. Like, you know, girls have cooties, which of course they do because girls have cooties. Because so girls have cooties. <laughs> they do. I mean, come on. Anyway. <laughs> look at them. Look at them. Just look at them. Look at them. They have cooties. <laughs> 
It's a classic ad hominem. We love it. But cooties turned out to be a little different than I expected as I was reading through the article. So my first question was, where did the term cooties actually come from? So as Sarah asked as well, uh, so the term cooties has two very equally likely origin stories, uh, which I found rather interesting that we really kind of don't know where it came from, but we know how it was popularized. So the first story comes to us from the Austronesian languages family, they're the language family. So this is the Philippines, Malaysian, Indonesia, um, or the Maori language. Um, they have the word kuto or kutu, uh, which in turn refers to a parasitic biting insect. Oh. Um, the second origin story comes to for, comes from the word cuties, um, which is what Sarah said. That is. Uh, which is a cynic. Exactly. It's a cynical reference to the same parasitic biting uh, insect, which this insect, of course, is our good old friend lice. So oh. that's. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It typically refers to lice. So, so if you have cooties, you have lice. <laughs> but that's, that's like the. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of, I guess kind of when gross. you're a school age child, though, that is a real risk. Yeah. yeah. God, I'm yeah. so glad adults don't get light. Well, I've never had lice as an adult, and I would like to keep it that way. Well, we'll talk about that because because it definitely happens in adults. Um, oh, I'm scared now. This is spooky. <laughs> this is a scary well, story. My head, my head feels itchy thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought Drew would turn cooties into a horror story? Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. So the earliest recorded use of the term cooties uh, is from in English, uh, comes from British soldiers during the First World War to refer to lice that were omnipresent on the battlefield trenches. So this is what I was meaning, where it like in the battlefield trenches, lice were fucking everywhere wow like absolutely everywhere so basically everyone had lice on in trenches which fucking sucks but why were they so present and where did lice come from what do you mean like like where do where do lice what's their natural habitat apart from our head i think i think it's like a um like they come on animals I don't know okay. too much about lice, actually. I didn't really look into lice too much. No, I feel like that's not Lice good. is gross. <laughs> like, I wonder if they like living in, like, grass and stuff, and that's why kids and soldiers. I know a lot of parasitic, yeah. A lot of parasitic things live on grasses, so, and they just wait to be picked up. I know ticks do Ugh. that, so. I, I don't know. It could have just been, I mean, honestly, one person brings lice to the battlefield, and everyone has it within, like, because it's, it's like unsanitary and, you know, you're not able to keep yourself clean. That's what unsanitary means, Drew. God. Um, but, but also close you know, quarters. Close quarters. You're, you're like all probably, sleeping together. So it's, yeah. Probably sharing yeah. resources too, like sharing clothes and hats and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Helmets and all that. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a good time. Yeah, trench warfare was not good, but we'll get it. We'll probably get into that later. Okay. I think I think we'll probably have a topic on that. Anyway, so another instance of the word cootie uh, comes to us from a handheld game called the Cootie Game, which I want you to look in business and describe okay. the bottommost uh, image. What the Cootie Game looks like? Looks like bombs being dropped on soldiers that look. It looks like you drop little pills into a box. Yes. And yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, the background <laughs> of the box has been decorated. It's a battlefield. Like a battlefield. Sarah, is there anything else you would add? Um, the bombs look like tablet capsules. 
Exactly. Colored tablet (laughs) capsules. What does this mean, Drew? So this this game, uh, this game is made by the Irvin Smith Company in Chicago in 1915. So basically the whole point of it was you had to tilt those small capsules into the, or the cooties as they call them, into the trap with the background illustrating a battlefield. I don't know how the battlefield really, I guess, I don't don't know. I guess you're trapping the cooties. I have no idea. I couldn't figure out how to play it. There was nothing really on it, how to play it. I guess it's just like you tilt them in. It's kind of like those games that we have now that are like really cheap, flimsy, kind of like mazes with like a little metal ball inside them that roll around and you're supposed to put them into the hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A it's much exactly easier like version of that. <laughs> a bunch of other cootie games followed this game and all involved some form of like bug or cootie. Um, but this ultimately culminated in the game of cootie, which launched in 1948, which is the first image that is in the I business channel. I love it. So this game of cootie uh, was a dice-based game where the object was to build a 3D cootie from the 3D parts that were included with the game. So it's all about, you know, just building this cootie. And the first winner, the first builder, sorry, the first one to build the cootie um, was the winner. So <laughs> we, could, we could post it on Twitter and, and show the, uh, what it looks that like to really, build a cootie. really, really fun. Yeah, it's a cool game. Um, and this game became extremely successful and became an icon of the toy industry. Um, and all other cootie-based games kind of fell to the wayside, aside from the, the game of cootie really flourished. So it was named one of the 100 most memorable and most creative toys in the 20th century. So there you go. That's the wow. cootie game. And I've never heard of it. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. <laughs> so in addition to the cootie games, the term cootie itself was popularized in America in the 1950s by military personnel coming back from service alongside British in the South Pacific. So like the British dreaded Lurgy, the Cooties game developed during the early 1950s polio epidemic and became associated with dirt and contagion. So having Cooties was not a good thing. This is like, Uh oh, you're dirty and contagious. More recently, the term Cootie is really connected with the fictitious childhood disease, but it definitely had a much darker connotation in the 1950s with the polio epidemic. So I just found that very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's very interesting. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the English language and where it comes from and the, where, where the, ter- the term cooties comes from. But what other countries have terms for cooties? Like, are there similar words? So what I looked into um, was, was rather interesting because there were quite a few different countries that had terms for cooties. But before we get into that, um, something I found very funny was during the First World War, uh, lice were nicknamed cooties, as well as they were known as the arithmetic bug, because they added to our troubles, they subtracted from our pleasures, divided our attention, and multiplied like hell. Which I was just wow. like, it's so adorable. Like, I have to include that. That is adorable. <laughs> That's such an old-timey way of nicknaming things. Like, there's gotta be some smart-ass kind of reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was just like, I have to include this. So, in Italy, children have the term la pesta, which is the plague. I have no Mm. idea if I'm pronouncing any of these right. So, um, la peste. um, I was going to say, why don't you do, yeah, just put on the most offensive accent you can think of and try it. I think that'll probably get it right. Oh my God! Which is it? Which is used? The plague is used very similar to to how we use cooties. Um, in Denmark, all right, here we go. Cooties are known as 
Pigalus or Doringalus. Um. <laughs> I love the eyebrow wh- uh, race that happens with that. It's like a... <laughs> and then in Norway, they're known as Gentilus or Gutilus, um, with each pair meaning either girl lice or boy lice. So that's, they're like, they have, um, you know how cooties mean like the opposite sex. You could say they have yeah. boy lice or girl lice. Oh my God. So they separated the lice into, well, only boys get these lice. Probably just gendered um, language. Yeah, I think it's just gender oh, I language. I guess like you're a boy and you have lice. Yeah, I. Th- the gentlest. Yeah, no, I think Lindsay has it right. Is what I was gonna say. Yeah, like the way that adjectives change depending on the gender of the subject. It's probably something similar to that. So we go to Sweden, which I have I have no idea how to pronounce these. There's J's and stuff in here. I don't know. So I'm just gonna give it give it a whirl. Um, There's J's. I've never seen it. I've never done a J before. Well, there's 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 two J's right next to each other. How do you pronounce that? Don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just gonna call it the tajibesiler, um, and then the kilibesiler, um, which literally means girl and boy bacilli, which is a type of bacteria. So oh. they they have like a, a girl and boy bacteria almost. Yeah. And then in Finland, it's known as Titobacteri, and then poikobacteri, which is girl and boy bacteria. And then finally, in Serbia, the cooties game, like the human versus zombies game, is known as suga, which is the word that literally means scabies. So there you go. Wow. That's, that's cooties throughout the world. Wow. <laughs> One of our patrons is from Serbia, and I really hope that they are not upset <laughs> with the suga Good. Good. I'm so I'm, glad I can butcher their language. I'm definitely going to receive angry text messages. <laughs> <laughs> so, finally, we end off on the cootie game itself, which involves children catching cooties through any form of bodily contact, proximity, or touching of, an, of a quote-unquote infected person or from a person of the opposite sex. So that's the two ways you can get cooties. Um, now, for a bit of the dark side of the term cooties, oftentimes the infected person is someone that is perceived as different, whether that be through disability, shyness, being the opposite sex, or having particular mannerisms. If a person is different, they have cooties. So that that's so mean. Yeah, I that's a say, really I mean totally side. did this. Yeah. So I played the, this the on the playground. Of... <laughs> Good. <laughs> Well, it was twofold, right? Because it was like, okay, yeah, there's that one weird kid who's gross and like, you know, eats the dirt under his fingernails and it's like, "Mm, don't want his cooties. But then it's also like, oh yeah, I'll put myself in the line of fire if it means the guy I have a crush on gives me cooties. Like, you know, you're all passing them around like, ew, like blah, 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 cooties. And then it's like, oh, you gave me blah, 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 cooties, but you also also touched me. Like, okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. It'd be a shame if I caught cooties. Be, oh, don't. Put yourself If like, I, I run slower. cooties. <laughs> <laughs> I run slower than everyone else. Oh, no. Don't, oh, get, don't give oh, it to no, me. Oh, no. Don't catch me. <laughs> That's disgusting. Get out of here. <laughs> 
The wiki article specifically said this is used for, this is like the, the term cooties is used among kids that are like four to 10. And I, I had no fucking idea what I was doing at four to 10. So like, yeah, you know, they, they're, so they're, tiny. they're so tiny. I mean, admittedly it is, it is definitely like meant for different people. So if you're like, if the weird kid is like, he's got cooties, he and or she has cooties. Um, so, but it like a lot of older people also use it in a sarcastic or playful manner. So cooties are kind of mm. like, as you age, it kind of becomes like, oh, you've got cooties. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, and then here's my favorite part about this whole thing. Um, in the U.S., children sometimes immunize each other from cooties by administering the cooties shot. <laughs> Have you ever heard the rhyme for the cooties shot? No. no. Oh, my God. I get to rhyme for you. Okay. okay. Bus a rhyme, so, Drew. Yes, the, the, the cootie shot involves a specific rhyme of circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you got your cootie shot. <gasps> I have heard it. <laughs> Me too. Oh, my God. That just unlocked. Oh. A bunch of memories. Yeah. So many memories. It always so hurts. Also, how great that children are like, yes, let's inoculate each other. Yeah, I don't right? know what I mean, kind let's... of friends you had because I'm pretty sure we would pinch each other really hard. To get the cootie shot? Yeah. I, I, I think we'd like, like a snake. I remember this hurting. Well, a snake bite? Like this? Yeah, like One dot, dot. <laughs> That's yeah. very Australian of you. We did not have snakes <laughs> in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have rattlesnakes in New Jersey. Okay, I don't go outside. <laughs> like, I retract that I have never seen the light of day <laughs> I have never been outside The rhyme can continue from there I don't know if you've ever heard the second and third part But there's two other parts no, I don't know us. anymore So the second part is circle circle square square Now you have it everywhere Implying <gasps> that the child has received the immunization oh. Throughout their body Oh and The final rhyme can continue with Circle, circle, knife, knife. Now you've got it all your life. So there you go. Now you've got cooties shot all your life. What's, so you're the, what's the knife, knife about? It rhymes. Probably it rhymes with life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I think maybe we should bring back these rhymes for like COVID vaccines. So you tell the adults who don't want it and be like, it's okay. There's a rhyme. It's going to help you. I think we should try it. I think we should try it. I think that would make it fun and approachable. Exactly. Especially yeah. the knife knife part. Yeah. <laughs> knife knife. <laughs> circle circle knife knife. Now you're knife. locked inside mm. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> we're all cured. Yeah, we're all we're cured, cured right now. Here's the thing. I don't remember the cooties being played like the cooties game being played at all in my school. So that either means one, I had cooties and just didn't know it, and that's probably true, or it just wasn't really popular at my school. So I'm going to guess it's probably the first one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, true. <laughs> like, so, so what happens when you're a new kid out of school. Yeah, but now anyway, you've, sha- you've saved the world because you saved everybody hearing this podcast from future cooties. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now we're all saved. But... I think I think my end message because cooties kind of sucks if you consider that it's used to ostracize people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of that. So my message for cooties is just do better, do better cooties. I like that. Our future children, we can be like, there's no cooties in this house. <laughs> there's no cooties in no this cooties house. No cooties speak. No cooties speak. <laughs>
we should that's, end that's it there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all. Okay, so I told you guys that I was going to talk about chivalry, which is not chivalry. So yeah. get out of your heads the whole politeness, holding doors open, like knight in shining armor. Not this. However, horse riding. Great. <laughs> well, actually, okay. So the way that I got there was I almost talked about when Sarah put in the spoilers channel that head on the pitchfork. My topic was almost people walking around with horse heads on a stick. And it's like a hobby horse Why? kind of a thing. Okay, no, there was the the reason I did not make that my topic was that there was too much to talk about. Like the the oh. wiki articles, oh plural, were fucking long. But you know, like those toys that it, like have the horse head oh, and the stick, like not a real horse no, head. No no, 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 no. I thought that's where it comes I from. This was a- no, no, it was the real one. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. It was a horse head on a stick, and it was usually, like, a skull. And for all different holidays, it was part of, like, a kind of, like, masquerade or play that people would put on and then get, like, money or, like, treats or something. So it's still related to Halloween. I might do that another day, but there was too much information. And what it kind of dovetailed into was sort of these loud public displays. And that's what a shivery is. And the easiest way to describe a shivery is an angry mob of people. Wow. Who want to portray justice or seek justice. But what happened was this was this was kind of like all throughout Europe and all throughout North America for hundreds of years and it had a broad range of violence but like typically the story was that somebody sinned in some kind of way so typical victims would be um people who <laughs> had really big age gaps in their relationship <laughs> so <laughs> Um, if you were like an old widower and you got remarried to a really young woman, um, you would be the target of this. Shame. Yep. Oh. Why? Maybe we should bring this back for like those 90 year olds who marry. Yeah. Like, that's like, like, yeah, if you, but also if you are a widower and you get remarried too quickly, People are like, oh, you're a bad person. Adultery, just in general, you're a bad person. Or if you beat your spouse, just in general. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree with most of these things. <laughs> um, On the note of one of them, I saw a video the other day of this woman. It was, it was a video of them trying to explain what had happened. But this woman was like, wow, my sister died six months ago and now... Me and her husband are the happiest people <gasps> in the world, and they had gotten remarried. Oh my god! They and it was like, yes, bad, like naughty. Go to jail. Prime example. You see that as bad. Pardon? You see that as bad? Okay, so here's the story, though. So the the sister was killed in a car accident from the husband who was driving that also killed one of their children, N- not both. So one child is still alive. And then the other sister, I guess, grief brought them together. And then six months later, they married. It's just kind of suspicious. It's no, I, see suspicious. That as a, I see that as fine. That's fine by me. I would like, if I was the child, though, I'd be traumatized. 
Anyway, so chivalry's ranged in violence uh, <laughs> as consequences. So you, in the worst case scenario, the victim would be dragged from their house and paraded around by this crowd. But the crowd right. had like their own genre of music called rough music. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear this so bad. I oh, have an example. So cool. I do have some yes. examples. And <laughs> it was just so a excited. banging pots and pans. And there would be like common verses or like poems that people would sing at, to humiliate them, basically. And they would ring wow. bells. They would yell insults. They would like honk horns and obscenities. This is mob justice. It was. And so what was so funny about it is... Again, this is the most, I guess, advanced kind of like, you know, violent. But there were calmer versions where it was like your neighbor would come out if you sinned, if you were the the target. Your neighbor would come out and pretend to be you and be like a hyperbolized version of you. No, it's not awe. It's like, oh, Oh, they were mocking. Oh, <laughs> I thought they were gonna be like, I take me as tribute. Fuck no, no it's like my no. neighbor just sinned, and then you're just walking out like pretending to be them, and everyone's like, boo, boo, Sarah's up. <laughs> wow. In the tamest versions, it's just an effigy, and they end up burning it or drowning it. <laughs> so it's like, this yeah. is you. Like a, a straw person. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny is, like, this mob justice, very ironically, it would go on for, like, anywhere between three to seven days and eventually just devolve into... It would become disorder. Like, it would just become chaos. And so... In the act, the Highway Act of 1882, it was actually outlawed in, like, parts of England. But the whole reason that I brought this up at all was to trick you guys, because this is not my real topic... This is (laughs) my. This was a detail of my larger story that involves a chivalry, but it's not an exciting title. My real article was the Roman de Favel, and a chivalry comes into the story. Okay, but now you know what a chivalry is. Okay, (laughs) so. Roman de Favel was a really long poem from the 1200 or sorry the very early 1300s in France. Wow. So hits all of my classic Lindsay French really old history poetry <laughs> blah blah blah. You should be French. Don't you have Italian descent? Yeah, I have no French. <laughs> You're like I would like to migrate. Uh This was a poem that was about a horse. (laughs) Uh, A horse who was, quote, ambitious and foolish. And he becomes a member of the government or the clergy. I don't remember which. Okay. And he uh, is a very prominent politician. And as you, yeah, oh yes, in the story, in the story. So this whole thing is kind of like a allegory or like a metaphorical story that was making fun of people in power at the time. So this horse, his name is Roman de Favel or Favel, and Favel sounds like fallow. 
And it has layers of symbolism because fallow actually is like a way of describing vanity, but it's also the color of a horse. It means like beige. So vain and beige at the same time. But also faux veil is French for veiled lie. Ooh. Mm -hmm. But also, also, Favel, when you take all of the letters, spells out each of the seven deadly sins, flattery, avarice, <gasps> vileness, variability, envy, and laxity. So wow. this horse was meant to show, I guess, a lot of the things that were wrong in politics at the time. And in the story or the plot line, the horse meets the dame fortune which is just like this deity of fortune and she's like okay you're going to be a prominent politician and so he has a place in the royal palace and he starts commissioning special stuff and spending a ton of money like a custom manger and a hay rack for him to eat in the royal palace (laughs) and people travel far and wide high up in the religious order to come and stroke him But what's also so great is that part of these officials' job is to brush his fur with very fine combs to make sure that no dung was anywhere on his body. But I don't know if you know the special verb for doing this to a horse. No. This is called currying. Have you ever heard the phrase curry favor? Curry favor. Oh, my God. This is where it comes no. from. This is where it comes from? Curry, oh, my God. Curry favel. Hey. Eventually <laughs> became curry favor. Curry favor. It was a bastard. Oh, that's so cool. Curry favor. What is that? Do, do you want to use it in a sentence? Like, um... I don't want to get political, but it's going to be political. This is a political story. (laughs) Um, Like, I would say people will, I don't know, like donate to a charity, to someone's charity to curry favor from them. Or they'll, um, like, it's it's to get, it's to gain favor from them. I've heard that. I've heard that. Okay. Yeah. I always And it comes from the horse. Yes, it's a bastardization it's people... of Favel favor. Wow. wow, and it's all about wiping shit from the horse's mane. I always thought curry in that I never understood that phrase, but I always thought that the curry was like, you know, the dish, like the food dish, like curry. <laughs> like I always thought it meant like give someone really good food. Like I didn't know it meant I like home like, a horse. Carry. Car- like carrier favor. <laughs> I'm very uneducated. Well, me too. I had no idea. So at this point, I'm reading this story. This was the real article I was reading. And I was like, who the fuck is this about? Because whoever wrote this hated someone. Like what politician in the early 1300s pissed someone off so bad that they're immortalized as a horse. And we still say it today, like Curry Favel. Well, it was actually about King Philip IV, and King Philip IV was hated in France because he had like a ton of wars going on all the time, bankrupted everyone, expelled all the Jews from the country, destroyed the Knights Templar, and took church land. So he was just unpopular by everybody, but nobody felt 
like ballsy enough to stand up to the king. So the second in command was his advisor, Marigny, who was a really shitty social climber, snivelly person, like started from the bottom, clawed his way to the top, bragged about having just a drop of noble blood and used that to get his way up. And so he eventually curries favor with the queen and the queen is all like, I love this guy. I trust him. And so this guy, Marigny eventually becomes this like super confidant to the king and in a sense becomes the second in command of all of France. And Wow. He yeah, he r- really is just like kind of a suck up asshole, but was also kind of invincible because he mm-hmm. was, you know, really the king's favorite. So as it would happen, the king suddenly dies in a hunting accident. And there is suddenly dies. <laughs> was it murder? I don't think so. I didn't check. But he suddenly dies in a hunting accident. And this is super bad for Marigny. Basically, it means that there's nobody to vouch for him and nobody to protect him. And oh. people wanted the throne quickly and badly. So they go up to Marigny and they're like, we're accusing you right now of fraud, heresy, and sorcery. And oh, we accuse you of using... The big three. <laughs> <laughs> we accuse you of using sorcery on the king. And that's why you were his favorite. And he was publicly wow. hung. <gasps> yeah, in the 1300s. I mean, he sounds like a dickhead and a suck-up, but that doesn't deserve death. I don't know. I think a lot of these policies really do deserve death. There are a lot of so, some bad oh, things so going I on. I guess, yeah. I, sorry, I forgot that he did, like, genocide, basically. Okay, yeah, no. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Did some crimes. I'll take back my comment. So, what... I kind of diverged from the main story coming back to Favel. Favel was, people think that Favel was Marigny. Uh, so this horse sort of a person. The yeah. The plot goes on where Favel comes back to Dame Fortune, who gave him all of these riches. And he's like, let's hook up, baby. I love you. <laughs> and she's like, ew, no, but you can have. Your horse. You can have vainglory who is this other goddess and vainglory is like, fuck yeah. And they get married and they invite flirtation, adultery, carnal lust, Venus, uh, all wedding guests. Oh my goodness. And this woman, what a party vainglory and Favel are about to consummate their marriage. And everybody's so mad that there's a shivery about it. (laughs) 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 So I have in business for you some pictures directly from the manuscript that this comes from. And it is straight up a horse in a castle. And the very first image is this horse about to have sex with a woman and everybody downstairs on the next two floors, banging pots and pans in anger (laughs) that a horse is going to have sex with a woman. Oh my God. (laughs) My favorite picture that I also put in spoilers is just this horse sitting on a throne and his legs are just all over the place because they don't <laughs> they fit anything. <laughs> There's like, also like a horse in another photo in monk robes just like telling people what to do. <laughs> and there's like <laughs> another 
another one of just like people like petting the horse and he's like, I'm going to go up the stairs. I live in a castle now. (laughs) Oh my God. This is amazing. Yeah. So this is straight from the manuscript. I like how he goes from having like hooves to having hands and feet (laughs) to back back to having hooves again. (laughs) Whatever you needed to tell the story, that's, that's what we did. What's actually so cool about the uh, manuscript itself, on a serious note, is that it was used, it was actually, as a poem, it was written to music, and the writers of the book actually used every single type of music, that like old and contemporary, that it hits every single genre of music um, at the time. Wow. Wow. So I did go on YouTube, and I did find examples of performances of this piece and you can't tell like it's in like old French I think like you cannot tell what they're saying and it just sounds like regular old churchy kind of chanting I will post it to Twitter and to the discord it's a little anticlimactic but it's very funny when you know that they're talking about a heretic horse (laughs) (laughs) so what was the ending of the story did the horse consummate his marriage or was he I'm really glad you asked actually that's right I did write down the end of the story Dame Fortune reveals that Favel's role in the world is to give birth to more stupid rulers like himself and to be the harbinger of the Antichrist wow big big shoes big shoes to fill (laughs) it ends with foretelling of the Antichrist I love it. That is amazing. Yeah, that's uh, that's my spooky wow. story for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us on this very spooky evening or day or week or morning. We hope... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm adding ghost sound effects. <laughs> we hope your day is only 20% full of ectoplasm. And as always, <laughs> if you would like to continue your journey through knowledge and spookiness, please come hang out with us on Go Ask Alice Pod on Twitter, Go Ask Alice Podcast on Instagram. TikTok is Sarah Web Science. There is a permanent invitation to our Discord where you get all of the photos that we are talking about as we talk about them in the spoilers channel and sometimes a little bit more all over the other channels we have popping off. Oh, and I promise we're only 30% ectoplasm on Discord. Only 30%, but the rest is a surprise. Oh. (laughs) We are also on Patreon if you would like to come hang out there. And if you think that you would really like to have an embroidered lab suit while you talk about cooties, we have that as one of our tiers. You could do that. You could be (laughs) Dr. Drew. You could be Dr. Drew. No, I'm not a doctor. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Not doctor. Have a very, very spooky evening. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.